0: Hi, I'm Harriet from Papyrus, and this is episode 5 of Hopecast. For this episode, we've spoken to Molly Smout. Molly is a singer, Papyrus fundraiser, and champion volunteer. Alongside the Divas Women's Choir in Malvern, she recorded a cover of Fix You by Coldplay to raise money for Papyrus. It was so good we used the song as the soundtrack to our year-in-review video. Molly sadly lost her friend Alistair to suicide in 2018 and has dedicated the recording to his memory. We met with Molly early in January and began by talking about singing. That's enough from me for now. Welcome to Papyrus Hopecast. so much for coming in to have a chat with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, really good, thanks. Um, So tell us a bit about the version of the song Fix You that you recorded in aid of papyrus. Um, So this was to raise money for suicide prevention and it was a cover of Coldplay's Fix You. Could you tell us a bit? Just why you chose that song and what it means to you. Uh, the song itself, like the lyrics and the melody, is
1: just so poignant and significant to probably a lot of people in the world. It, everyone rolls that song around some sort of heart, heartache or mm. pain they've been through, as the lyrics state themselves. And Coldplay has always been quite a significant band to my family, but I also knew that it was a significant band to my friend Alistair's family as they know they went to Coldplay concerts and we were always discussing how how amazing Coldplay is and the choir who I recorded with had already previously performed that song in a different concert and I was like I know the perfect song that I could try and get them to communicate with to record this song for Papyrus and of course they were all on board and we had the recording studio funded for us and all the newspaper articles followed us for it and supported me. So having this huge wave of support over this one song that has meant so much to me already, but now means double the meaning. It was just mm. the perfect choice, really. Yeah.
0: And it's really powerful how that song makes people feel and yeah. um, the connection that people have and the lyrics, which are really very much about hopefulness Mm. aren't they and about you know wanting to yeah for something better because i think the bridge itself really um speaks to me how much
1: it builds and how much empathy and um how it just grows and grows and grows and it just gets so big at the end and it just really makes you feel so powerful like you say it's just the most perfect song
0: and I think the other thing is the video that you made <laughs> that goes with that song yeah. as well. I mean, I know when I watched it for the first time, that really spoke to me, like seeing you and the rest of the divas, your choir, <laughs> um, and what a kind of community you all are as well.
1: We had such a fun time. <laughs> it was very different for us being in a record like there was we ranged from such different ages from say twelve to I think 60 might be the oldest eldest member in our group, and it was so, no one had been in a recording studio before. And the fact that I got to organise that for them I and mean, make it a momentous occasion for them, and not because they were already supporting me, and it was such a me- good memory for them, I thought that was just added to the magic of it. And we, we had such a we took so many takes, we are professional, I promise, <laughs> but it wasn't a first take sort of thing because we just kept laughing at things. Like, I remember I kept messing up. Um, my first beginning bit on my own because I tend to have a lisp coming when I sing. I kind of go, <laughs> <Lisp>. <laughs> so I had to keep redoing it going, sorry. <laughs> but it was really
0: fun, actually, and I really loved and loved that
1: they supported me through it.
0: Yeah, You can really see that sense of you're all having fun and you yeah. watch the video. Um, and so how long have you been a member with the Divas Choir? Oh, gosh. So I'm
1: 20 now, and I think I joined when I was 11. So almost, oh my almost ten years. <laughs> yeah, I just started high school when I joined. Yeah. And what does being part of that kind of
0: choir environment mean for you?
1: It's just a f- proper community. It's all women from different age ranges who just love to sing. Take a break from their day-to-day lives, jobs, school, and just get to sing for an hour. And also being set that challenge of doing harmonies and learning all these different songs. It just It just distracts you from your day to day life and work, and you get to focus on that instead. And it is a challenge, and you kind of build yourself up to practice and practice, and you kind of get the hang of it. Like Mm. some divas I know can just pick out harmonies whenever, and I'm like, "What was that?" (laughs) Because they're so much better than me. And then we have like solos come in. And um, what I find amazing about divas is that I have friends now that are older than me, but I go and have I go out to dinner with them. Mm-hmm. and it's lovely and I go oh let's go for a coffee that's, and I have such friends from sort of different age ranges and not just people that I go to uni with or have been to school with and I get to to have experience so many different experiences with
0: lovely lovely ladies and so that shared like love of music yeah you are always like oh let's yeah. go to the
1: theatre I'm always like sending um, oh this musical's coming to town let's go and see this and they're like yeah come on then
0: <laughs> that's that's so wonderful that you've got these connections with yeah. people um, that you wouldn't necessarily have met otherwise. Exactly, exactly, yeah. share that love together. That's really beautiful. Thank you. So you recorded um, Fix You um, as a result of tragically losing your friend Alistair to suicide, which happened in 2018. Yeah. Could you tell us a bit about your friendship and how... um, this loss has kind of led to you, like keeping his memory?
1: Yeah, so I met Alistair when I moved sixth form because I didn't do very well at my high school and I had lots of mental health problems myself so I needed a bit of a change and the sixth form was nice and small and I thought it would suit me better and that's where I met Alistair and Alistair was all about music. I'd never met someone so passionate and so talented at music um, from guitar to bass to singing itself. He was just... I was intimidated how good he was at music and that's where we shared our that's how we became connected was through music and we did the school musicals together which were quite fun and jokey and um, our friendship just bloomed from there and we became quite a support for each other as he was also suffering with mental health problems so doing something as big as a school musical let alone being a main role we were very much a guard for each other like it's okay we can do this together like because it was such a huge confidence thing for me I'd never really performed in a Big off scale thing like that, and knowing that he was always on my right or left side, <laughs> and knowing he I was on his left or right side, it was really lovely for us. And they're probably my favorite memories of him. And we got to perform at like local festivals, I got him roped into that. I was like, You are coming with me because <laughs> you're great. And we would go and do all these local festivals, and we've performed at birthday parties together with just his guitar and done like these open mic nights around Malvern and Worcester. It was really
0: lovely, and I'd always go and see his band perform as well. And so then you talked about the the song "Fixed," you and how much that spoke to you, and was also something that was quite important to your memory of Alistair. Um, and is that one of the ways in which you have kind of honoured Alistair's memory as by making a yeah. single?
1: When I lost Alistair, of course, when you lose someone to suicide, it's. I always say to people because people always ask me like, "Oh, how did you how did you deal with that?" And I don't think it's if you deal with it, it's how you deal with it. You take, all I have to say is you take your time. Like it took me a long time to bring my head around it. Um, I think I kind of threw myself back into work too quickly to get, kind of distract yourself, but you just need to take your time. I surrounded myself with my loved ones who supported me and I supported them. And I knew eventually I, I wanted to do something of an outlet to honour him and that I know I'd always know to remember him and that others could remember him as well. And his mum decided to raise and honour memory of him through Papyrus. And I never heard of this charity before. I remember I was sat in Devon with my mum because she'd taken me away for a few days. And I was like reading all about this charity. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is exactly what he would have loved to have raised money for himself. And I thought, what a way to honour him. Then I could just record a song because he was always encouraging me to record things and put it on YouTube. And I was like, no, 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 that's not me. So I went home that uh, after that trip and I was like, I'm going to record this song because it's what he would want me to do. It was almost like he was pushing me, like, go on Molly, you can do this. And I recorded it in my bedroom and it was not great quality because <laughs> I'd never recorded the song on my own before. I had to rope in my best friend Hannah to help me because she's more techie than me. Um, so I did that one and then from that led on to the Divas one, which I thought this could be a great, bigger scale. And lots of people in the choir knew Alistair as well from past teachers and family friends so I thought adding those people in as well would really show his family and the community of Worcester and Malvern who had never really had big suicide Mm -hmm. hit them before it was very new and very shocking for Worcestershire really Mm -hmm. um, to have this really big community perform a song in honour of him raising money and just the perfect memory for him for his love of music.
0: And singing played in your life, Molly? Oh, <laughs> this goes back a long time.
1: Um, I think I was six years old when my mum forced me. <laughs> I'm grateful for it now, but at the time when you're a little six-year-old and you want your Saturdays off and you're roped to go to stage school at nine o'clock in the morning, um, while your brother goes off and plays tennis. My brother's very into tennis and I was always into music. So it all started from there and just... Grown and grown, and done lots of different things. From like, like I said, the school musicals, and I'm always performing at jazz festivals and blues festivals. Um, as I say, jazz is probably my my go to genre. I mm-hmm. love jazz, and music for me is just it is my outlet. It's something that allows me to escape from university, from work, from all those stresses that everyone goes through. Everyone has day to day stresses, and music for me, I feel like I can just sort of lose myself and just have a bit of fun. For me, it's fun, mm-hmm. and Allowing me to have that extra quality of being able to perform is just golden. It's like a little gold dust on top that I get that experience. But music to me, I feel like it's memories. Like I can think of specific songs like Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Mm -hmm. I think of a holiday I had in Devon with my family. And I always hear that song, like, oh, that's when we went to Devon. And like Fix You Now uh, makes me think of Alistair. But previously before that, it makes me think of Family as well because it was such a poignant song to us. Um, so music
0: for me is just my outlet and also probably memories You recently performed at Papyrus's 5th anniversary here in Birmingham um, and that was I mean, such a powerful performance and I don't know if you as a performer saw that a lot of us in the audience were crying Really? Were, <laughs> yes, um, Yeah, we were feeling all the feels Molly, we were definitely... Um, very impacted by your performance and what I thought was so magical is that you had us all you know crying with real emotion because it was a very emotional day and the next minute laughing and kind of you had everyone dancing (laughs) as well Um, so do you think that there's something about about Letting people feel their emotions that goes on with music when we can't in another way. Oh,
1: 100%. Look, 100%. Music, that's why we have so many genres of music. It allows us to feel different things. Fix You allows us to feel sad, but also remember Alistair, for example. But like I sang, um, I'm Still Standing by Elton John, who's one of my biggest inspiration and favourite artists. I was like, I've got to throw him in there that everyone just goes, oh, I love this song, because it's such an iconic moment. And everyone was on their feet and dancing, and there was, all oh, audience in, um, audience get to join in. And that's what music does to us. It allows us to have these memories, it allows us to feel, it allows us to dance, it allows us to be happy. And that's what's so magical about music, and how much I will adore
0: music myself. So which singers inspire you the most? <laughs> what are some of your, your faves? Um, 100%, my number one is
1: has always been is Paloma Faith. She is my ultimate jazz inspiration. I've seen her live and she had the biggest jazz band. And I think I was only 12 when I saw her live. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, she is the epitome of what I would love to be. And even her style, it really resembles to me. She's just slightly quirky Mm -hmm. and not your general Taylor Swift, Billie Eilish singer. She was completely different. And I find my voice is quite different Mm -hmm. to those poppy, sort of calming voices and I really related to her, so she's always been my inspiration. And then people like Elton John, who again are quirky and sort of are outside of
0: the box. I'd probably say those two are my inspirations, really. Paloma Faith is a really strong, yeah. strong woman, isn't she? Yes. She knows her own mind, and, and her she's life. always
1: speaking. Yeah, speaking her mind. She's always talking about political things, and she's just not afraid. And. I'm, I feel like I'm when I need to, I'm quite opinionated and voice my opinions and always want to help out with my community and charities such as Papyrus. And I think I probably did get that from her, but also from my mum, who I feel resembles to Paloma because she's being a teacher and she's quite stern and knows what she wants to talk about. So i probably say those two women in my life have inspired me to who I am today.
0: So last year you took your work with Papyrus um, a bit further. Um, So you're telling us about how you didn't really know who Papyrus were um, until you sadly lost your friend to suicide. Um, And then from there you've just grown and grown in your understanding of suicide prevention. You've become such a passionate advocate for suicide prevention. Um, So you've joined us as a champion volunteer, so going out and talking to the community. Could you tell us a bit about what you've done as a Papyrus volunteer? In such a short
1: space of a time of just under a year, I can't believe how much I've actually done. I feel like I've just gone overboard with it and just fallen completely head over heels in love with this charity and what it does. And what it's done for me, it's been a grieving process for me and... Doing all my charity work through Papyrus has been, I'd probably say, essential to my um, to me dealing with the loss of Alistair and the fact that my song started it all, so I've done my training since then. Um, I've given a few talks. I hosted my first home walk on the rainiest day of the year. <laughs> Typical my luck. <laughs> but we managed to get halfway up the Melbourne Hills before we couldn't see anything because of the
0: clouds. But we still had fun. <laughs> um so the, the Hope Walk, this was, it was, <laughs> we had bad luck, didn't we? That's just me, Isn't really. It? <laughs> but it was a, a beautiful, hopeful
1: day. Yeah. And what one of the, um, a lady came all the way down from Birmingham because she just saw it on Facebook and wanted to go and walk on the Morphin Hills. And she thought, oh, what an amazing opportunity to go do that, but also do it for a charity. And she said a really significant message to me. She was like, well, the rain sort of signifies why we're here. We are here as a community to raise money for this charity that is dealing with these horrible, sad times, and we're there to support them. So kind of going through on the hills, through the torrential rain, is showing that we are not alone, we're doing this together, sort of powerful thing. And I was like, that's been my day. That's exactly what it is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) alongside being drenched.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we had to be a little flexible... the 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 amount of phone calls like there's weather warnings okay the weather warnings have gone okay they're back (laughs) the amount of district council phone calls i had (laughs) so yeah you did an enormous amount of organizing (laughs) uh, for the the hope walk which is um, a month of walks that take place all over the country in in october yeah um and we I think we had the rainiest Hope Walk in the whole country. I think we might be able to in take history. That, that banner. <laughs> uh, walking across the Malvern Hills, and you could hardly see two foot in front of you could you <laughs> it rain that badly. Um, it's one for the memory books. <laughs> so, wonderful. And as well as fundraising through organising that, Hope Walk, what other ways have you been involved in suicide prevention?
1: Um. I have recently become the events coordinator for my university, which is at University of Worcester. Mm-hmm. And our charity of the year is Papyrus. So any opportunity I can, I am in the SU or around the uni, um, giving, handing out uh, hope cards, hanging out um, all, our pa- all our pamphlets, and like I helped out on World Mental Health Day and ran the Papyrus stall on my own which was a big thing, and I I was there all day and spoke to lots of people, especially like student nurses and paramedics, who were also not heard of the charity. Mm. And I was like, here, take it all. Mm. <laughs> um, I made sure um, everyone in my lecture, which is, we are a children's um, degree, I make sure they all have at least two hope, hope cards in the back of their phone or in their wallet. And my lecturers as well, I'm kind of a bully. Every term, I'm like, here, more. <laughs> um, I'm just... Any chance I get, like my mm-hmm. mum also works in a primary school, I've given her bits for her um, well-being teacher in her school. Any chance I get, I'm always handing out bits because, like I said, Worcestershire was quite unaware of what mm-hmm. of all this going on in the UK because we are a small county. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely more... We are definitely more aware of it now. And I'm always um, taking part in any papyrus things that are going on, like Pride. Pride was probably the most fun day I've ever had in my life. It was two days before my birthday, so I was already on a high, and it was just the best day. It was just so full of joy, hope, love, and something completely different to me. I didn't think someone like me would go to something like Pride probably a year ago. And um, being there with Papyrus, with all my friends as a community, walking through Birmingham, seeing all the colours, seeing all the people, seeing the diversities, it was just such a momentous Time for me, and I think since then that occasion really drove me to be like, Right, you've got to do as much work as you can for this charity because it means the world to you, and it would mean the world to him.
0: currently a student at Lister University Mm -hmm. studying childhood development yeah yeah and I know that you're an incredibly busy lady so how do you balance that with what you do for papyrus what you do as an events coordinator and make sure that you're looking after yourself as well as supporting other people
1: Yeah, so I try and do as much work as I can for papyrus, but of course with being a full-time student, having work as well and other commitments, um, I try and do take care of myself because I do have quite a full-pack week. So I think yoga has been my number one thing. Mm. Doing yin yoga for two years now and doing that twice a week, especially on a Sunday morning, it's kind of like a recharge for me. I give myself an hour to look after my body, to look after my mind And it sets me up for the week. And doing things like, I do art every week now. Art for me has always been sort of a stress um, detox for me. Always having colouring books and everything. So being able to do that has been amazing. It's just doing, you're making sure you have that time for yourself. It's not constant pressure that you've got these deadlines, you've got this work to do, you've got work at two o'clock or whatever. You need to make sure you give yourself, even if it's two hours a week, just allow yourself to have some downtime and let your brain
0: rest and have some enjoyment in your week. So that's what I do. So you've played a big part in trying to open up the conversation around mental health, in particular within your own community in Worcestershire and within the university itself. Do you think that it's getting easier for young people to talk about mental health? Uh, Personally, I would say
1: it's never not going to be easy or easy. Because some people find it very easy to talk about their feelings and know the resources and help are there. Other people don't. And what we as a charity and what I believe is that by posting things on social media, by giving talks into universities, by getting out in our communities, is allowing those people to know that there are people there and that they are not alone. And having the hope line is such an amazing thing to have the phone call and the text service because people might find calling on the phone quite scary. I know I used to find that quite scary, but having a text, people just send a text and I know that's helped there. But knowing that your family and friends are there as well, I don't think it's ever going to get easy for young people because pressure is topping up every year. We have exams, we have to get a certain amount of grades to continue what we want to do. I know myself being dyslexic and dyscalculic and dyspraxic, I've always kind of struggled with those sort of grade marks. And always, I think everyone struggles with exams. No, I can't imagine anyone saying, oh, I love exams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, any stress, even at a young age from, I think they're doing SATs in year six, even at a young age, they're feeling it, that they have to get these goal marks and have to continue that for the rest of their life. And they are ruined education for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And you're always kind of told... That, oh, if you don't do well at this, you can't go and do this. You you won't be able to go and do that. And we're just always under this really heavy pressure of carrying all this weight. But like I said, you need to make sure you're taking care of yourself. And it's that very... I know it's a very tricky balance to get. It's a very fine balance. But you need to make sure you are taking care of yourself. But also focusing on what you need to do. And if it, things do get tough... That's why we have charities like Papyrus or Samaritans and that's why schools and universities have our well-being offices. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have family and friends, it's those people, it's all those support systems. And you just have to constantly remind yourself, I constantly remind myself that I'm never alone. If anything ever gets too heavy or too deep, you have people that you can rely on. That's why we have family and friends and these amazing charities.
0: So it sounds like you're saying, you know, the pressures for young people are still there. There is yeah. ever And it is difficult to reach out for help. But what we are getting better at is creating those opportunities. Making
1: people aware. that's That's what I do like about social media. That is a side of social media I do like. Is that because it is so well used on so many different platforms, people are being able to see things all the time. That's why I thought, oh, my song. People will see that on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. And it makes them aware. Oh, look, Papyrus. Like, when... Alice's mum posted it on Facebook, I have no idea what it was, read read about the whole charity itself. It's having those interconnections so people can find them
0: easily rather than sort of making their way through on their own. When we were talking just now, you kept saying you're not alone. Mm. And that was a really hopeful thought. Um, What gives you hope, Molly? I'd probably say um, family and friends.
1: Is definitely my hope in my life is we go, like I said, we go for all these pressures of university and work and we're always hitting these milestones in our lives. But we always know we have these people close by to always rely on and talk with and go and do nice things with. And I know I've struggled since coming out of six form. my you, you don't I didn't know what I wanted to do. I um initially went to get went and did drama in Bristol and moved all down there and realised shortly it's not what I wanted to do at that time. And my mum, being an amazing single parent, an amazing woman she is, came and got me and we came home and we started again. It's having those people that you can rely on and that they you trust to look after you and that you can trust to look after them as well. So I'll probably say hope for me is definitely my family and friends because I'm such a loyal, tight person. Like, once you're in my life, you're in. <laughs> I'm going to squeeze you <laughs> and not let you go. So losing someone like Alistair, who was my big support system and my best friend, it was a hard one, of course, and hard for anyone involved in his life and anyone who's bereaved by suicide. But having hope that we do have people in our lives, even if it's just for a short time, but they were there and they had an impact on your life. Thank you for listening and for your support in making suicide part of the conversation. It can be hard to listen to these stories, and if you're a young person who's been affected by any of the things discussed in this podcast and you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, please contact Help Line UK on 0800 068 4141. Uh, you can text on 07860 Zero three
0: nine nine six seven, or you can email Pat at papyrus-uk.org.